Time for a break from our show to pay the bills. Check out beacons.ai slash comics fun profit for all the C4 FAP links you could ever need all in one place. You can provide feedback, listen, support, share, enjoy these. We have our Patreon there. You can buy us a beer or a coffee. You can check out our Instagrams, our Twitters, our Facebooks. Check out our YouTube page. You can email us. You can listen to our podcasts on Patreon, if you're a subscriber, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on Podbean. We have Google Podcasts on there. We have an Amazon wish list. You want to buy Kyle and I something? Fine. You can do that here. We appreciate it. We have Kyle's RPG podcast listed on there. So you can check out his Dork Day Afternoon offerings. We have Cowabunga links. So you can check out the Cowabunga Deep Discount FOC and Pre-Order List. Get on that. That's RLCS. So you can check that out as well. And we want to just give you opportunities to say hi, to check out what we're doing, support us if you would like, or just listen. Check out beacons.ai slash comics fun profit for all the c4 fap links you could ever need thanks back to the show aloha it's jason from hawaii welcome to a special edition of the comics for fun and profit podcast in this episode i will be interviewing friends of the podcast writers Alyssa quitney and hannah Bahedri. Alyssa and hannah are Alyssa. Alisa. Sorry. No, no, that's fine. Alisa. I, I, <laughs> it's a hard name. No, it's not. It's spelled, it's spelled like how it is. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's almost 5,000 other names. Yeah. Allison, Alyssa, Alicia, Alicia. It's I, it's very it's, confusing. It's, it's Alisa. That's all it is. Alisa, right? I am just Alisa. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know so, all right, listeners, you guys are in for a treat. You know, this is <laughs> so. And Alyssa, I've been seriously. Last night, I've been going. Okay, it's Alyssa, Alyssa, and then I kept going. Wait, let me listen to other podcasts. How they make sure they pronounce the name correctly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a lot of people just call me Quitney. <laughs> no. Oh no! All right, we're gonna continue on. <laughs> <laughs> so. Alyssa and Hannah, they are here to promote their story that will appear in Ahoy Comics' latest anthology series, Project Cryptid. Now, Ahoy Comics will be celebrating its fifth anniversary this September, if I got that correctly. And they will be launching a new anthology series called Project Cryptid that, um, in September. The first issue comes out on September 6th, and in that issue, there are stories by Mark Russell and Paul Cornell. There's also going to be... Now, Hannah, correct me if I'm wrong on this. There's going to be serialized prose novella um, titled The Partially Naked Came the Corpse. And is it a 13-part novella? I can't remember. Yeah, it's 13-part prose serial. So Grant Morrison's writing the first chapter. Mm -hmm. And it's like an exquisite corpse. We're all just jumping on the train, seeing what they wrote. And so I haven't written my part yet, but I'm excited to. (laughs) Because because I know, um, actually, Stuart Moore... um, Today just um tweeted out the list of um the list of authors like Carrie Harris, Mark Russell, Bryce Ingram. I know I'm I'm missing a few. And I know yours is gonna be like I think like I have to look at my notes. Um yours is gonna come out in November, part eleven, um, in issue Conan on 
number five, if I got if I got that correctly. So yeah, um, I'm going to probably, and hopefully if I remember, I'm going to ask you during the interview, you know, if you could just give us a breakdown, you know, what is this serialized um, novella about? So yeah, but I'll ask you a little bit more in the um, during the interview. So um, Elisa's story in Project Cryptid, that her story will appear in issue two, and that's going to come, and that is slated for to come out this year, October 11th. Hannah's story will appear in issue six that is slated for next year, February of 2024. Alyssa and Hannah, welcome to the Comics for Fun and Pro Profit podcast. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Happy to be here. <laughs> oh, thank you. And then also, too, um, I have to point this out. This is Hannah's. Now, Hannah, you mentioned in the interview uh, in your email to me was that this is your first audio podcast that you that you're doing. Is that correct? Correct. I feel very blessed to be here. I've, I've sent so many of our creators to this podcast as the publicist for Ahoy. So now I'm glad to actually be here myself. Oh, thank you very much. And and Elisa, this is the first time you're kind of like sort of seeing Hannah, correct? Or or have you guys met over Zoom before? This is true. Just as in so many science fiction tales, Hannah was just a disembodied but kind voice. And um, I believe that she existed, but this is my first tangible proof. <laughs> now it's <here>. all right. <laughs> now, before I continue on, I just want to go over some Elisa's work on um, past works. She has written um, for Ahoy Comics. I know she's um, done at least a story in oh, the Edgar Allan Poe Sniffer of Death, if I got that title correctly. Mm -hmm. Sniffer of Death. The uh, one I want. I'm sorry. Berenice, it's uh was the Poe story that Maurice and I did together. And you teamed up, um, you you guys teamed up again for the amazing um series from Ahoy Comics. It's now in trade paperback. Guilt, G-I-L-T. I love that series. I really do. Thank you so much. Oh, yes. And um and and we we continue to conspire together in ways that that uh, will eventually uh, see the light of day. I believe. That's so cool. That's so cool. Also, too, you've um, Alisa. You've also um, for uh, Aconite books. You wrote um, a prose novel, Rogue Untouched. Um, I I'm going to be honest. I still want, I want to check that out. I'm, I I've been that's on my list to pick up. Well, it's funny because I just, the women of Marvel asked me, wait, I'm going to plug in my computer because I didn't realize it's now sending me uh, distress <laughs> signals. <laughs> I want to satisfy its longing. All right, here mm -hmm. we go. Thing I should have done at the very beginning, but I'm right. doing now. Um, so, yeah, so the women of Marvel suddenly wanted to ask me, I guess they were thinking about Rogue and her her love life. Yes. And uh, so they they talk to me about the book which i i always you know I, for me sorry that's my computer saying at last water atmosphere. <laughs> so for me rogue okay i have this theory that cyclops is the avatar of a certain kind of male adolescent sexuality with his uncontrollable beams coming out of his eyes mm -hmm. so powerful so dangerous i hope i don't hurt the person who gets close to me in intimacy and Rogue is the avatar of female uh, adolescent sexuality. Like, oh, I touch you and I gain great power, but I also lose my sense of self. Wow. Hmm. 
that's I've never thought about that. That is very deep and very cool. I, I just never thought of um the um the the women of Marvel is that the is that an interview podcast that you that that you've done or that, yeah so that was the podcast somewhere else in the podosphere I suppose okay. there is there is now I think officially a podcast for everything yes <laughs> and I'm going to say now before we continue on because I'm going to you know which podcast I'm going to mention too is that now I just want to go over your background work you've worked at dc on neo gaiman's the sandman and you went on to become a full editor at vertical and that's where you met karen berger and tom pyre and speaking of podcasts for, that has there's a podcast for everything you co-host um you're a co-host of the podcast the endless endless a sandman podcast um is, is that, i'm gonna ask is that still are you, are you guys still doing that Yes. Okay. So I've actually just received Lonnie Diane Rich, my co-host just sent me, you know, she's this summer has been a wacky summer. She's moved and moved again and, and, um, and she's been mm -hmm. teaching and it, it just, every, both of us got very, very busy. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're, we're going to come back and continue on, um, going back to podcasting about the Sandman comics, which she yes. has not read. Mm -hmm. And I worked on, um, a lot of them as assistant editor. So yeah, so we'll go, we'll come back. I think we'll probably come back. We were going to come back in July, but uh, my schedule has not permitted that. So we, but we will be coming back um, probably in the early fall. Oh, that's going to be pretty cool. That is. All right. Now back to school. <laughs> yes. Alisa, I'm going to ask, would you like to add anything else? Do you want to um um, let our listeners know what other works that they should check out that you've done because I know you've done oh, a ton you. of books I've written a lot of books I've written uh you know the I think my voice my sense of humor uh you know and my 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 strange prurient obsessions kind of follow me from genre to genre but I've written women's fiction I've written mystery I've written mm -hmm. um a couple of Frankenstein retellings that are YA Mm -hmm. So um, I, 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 I've written werewolf books so strange that even werewolf book fans say, well, this is definitely a different take on the werewolf romance. <laughs> so uh, I think you should come look at my website, come find me on Blue Sky or, you know, in the dying days of Twitter X and um, and, and you can check out uh, all, all, all the many strange i am like the sybil of writers at this point i have many many personalities <laughs> now speaking I, I didn't hear first actually i gotta put my publicist hat on i know that elisa just got uh nominated for the first ever juicy awards as the writer of the year for guilt which i am a publicist of it but also just a huge fan of it so i have to i have to plug that yes my favorite books i worked on at ahoy and it's really cool to see it getting nominated see Elisa getting nominated specifically as a writer. So Elisa, do you want to talk about that nomination? Because I remember seeing that on your Twitter feed. That's right. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's um it is really exciting to me because this is kind of a strange time to be Jewish in that, you know, I remember my grandmother when I was my grandmother had grown up in, and my both my grandparents on my mother's side had grown up in Tsarist Russia, which was a dicey time to be Jewish. Mm -hmm. And she would say things to me. She would say, you know, never sit on anything cold or you'll never be able to control your pee again. But that was another thing. But she would also, you know, tell me like, you, you 
you know, have to be cautious as a Jewish person. And I, I thought, oh, she's so old fashioned. These mm -hmm. are the 1970s. People are way more civilized than yeah. that now. But anyway, so it it I've tried always to write Jewish characters, mm -hmm. not out of a sense of well, okay, so I'll just say a little bit that when I started writing um, romance and romantic women's fiction, uh -huh. there was sort of a default that that all the characters tended to be Christian. It was, you know, Protestant by default. Yes. So I thought, okay, let's just add a little bit of, of ethnicity in here. And now I think as there seems to be uh, a, a kind of weird recurrence of, of anti-semitic and anti other i mean mm -hmm. yes there there's there seems to be you know less i i think there's particularly been i i am okay i feel always uncomfortable saying things in public but yeah, i am yeah, aware of there mm -hmm. being more anti uh asian and more anti-semitic uh violence and and just you know graffiti and and signs of things uh around so anyway i i feel really pleased to be part of this and uh and it it is making me revisit uh all of Mel Brooks's old films in a, in a feeling mm -hmm. of just you know coming back to my roots mm -hmm. yes and Hannah I'm gonna say I want you and Alyssa to just briefly talk about what it Alyssa I'm gonna start off this is kind of off the cuff but for listeners let's just start off because since you know you've been nominated for guilt why don't you just let listeners know what is guilt about? And Hannah, jump in. Please feel free to just jump in too. <laughs> um, guilt is the it's it's an acronym, the Guild of Independent Lady Temporalists, and it's about uh, a a woman in her seventies who uh, lives in a a co op building on the Upper West Side that has some you know special perks. In this building, if you're the owner of of you know 15D and you uh, go out your 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 fire exit door, mm -hmm. the door from the back of your kitchen, you can travel back about 40 years in your own lifespan, and you will be back in your younger body in that younger moment in time. Mm -hmm. And Hildy wants to she wants a do over, as many of us mm -hmm. imagine doing. Um, but she breaks the rules when her home healthcare aide goes back in time with her. And now Hildy's in her thirties. Her home healthcare aide is a, uh, eight or nine year old with the mm -hmm. intelligence of a woman in her fifties. And they're both realizing that they, they have a lot of work to, to untangle this, both to figure out what their relationship is and, and what they need to do to not screw up reality for the rest of us. Hannah, do you want to add anything? Yeah, I mean, it's a great pitch. It's pretty much what I put in the press release. But honestly, it's one of my favorite books to work on. Like, I love seeing female characters in anything, right? Especially mm -hmm. in comics. And, and especially the fact that these were both older women, like, uh, that the, the story was centered around their experiences. Mm -hmm. And uh, just so funny. And I love Morrissey's art, the way that the two of you work together is so incredible. Yes. Um, one of those ones where every week I was, like, going into the Dropbox, like, is the next issue here yet? Um mm -hmm read it ahead of anyone else so uh it's been really cool to to meet you and to I don't know just it felt really great to to be able to work on a book like that that I just really admired what you were doing and it made me feel like oh there's there's so much space for interesting stories and in comics that you know aren't just like what we are told arts comics have to be for right that 
there's so many cool ways to tell stories in that medium. And like guilt was one of the ones that sort of busted my mind open and was like, wow, you can tell this kind of story in comics. Like, that's so cool. I love Oh, thank you so much. And I have to say, so I, I am really excited to find out. I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but I'm really excited to know what your story is because you, I mean, first of all, can I just, can I take a moment and just ask Hannah, how long have you been writing? Yes. Um, I've been writing like forever, pretty much. I was the, you know, the five-year-old scribbling stories, you know, for my mom, but I've been writing, I guess, more seriously since I was in high school um, and never stopped, kept trying to stop and do more serious things, but couldn't stop. So yeah. And are, are there any particular genres? Like, do you, I'm obviously writing for Ahoy. I'm assuming that humor has been a part of your DNA. Yeah, humor is definitely a part of my DNA. Both my parents are English and like just grew up on Monty Python and stuff. So it was impossible not to see the world as really absurd. Um, but yeah, I'm, I I write mostly short stories. I'm writing a book of short stories, which may or not be a novel until now. But um, and then, you know, once I started working for Ahoy, I kind of have been more in the comics moment and, you know, now having my first comic published, which is really cool. And I hope so. <laughs> Yeah. And then I write the the newsletter for Ahoy as well. So that's been a really fun place to just get really silly. Like the Ahoy voice is is very silly and wry and fun. So Mm -hmm. I just got to leap in there and and play with it. And it's been it's been rewarding to get to. I love the newsletter. I love that. That has been a lot of fun. It it makes me feel like I'm hanging with the cool kids. (laughs) (laughs) They say about me all that. I'm sorry, Lisa. I just want to go over Hannah's past works real quickly because, so listeners, Hannah is a a publicity coordinator at Superfan Promotions, and as she's already and as Hannah has mentioned that she's a writer. She writes the Ahoy monthly newsletter. Um, she's she's written um a couple now. Correct me if I'm wrong, Hannah. A couple short fiction prose stories that have appeared in Ahoy um, in the back section of Ahoy Comics, like. Um, first one that you correct me if I'm wrong. The first one you did was titled "I Hadn't Prepared Any Remarks," and that appeared in Ahoy Comics' second coming, Only Begotten Son number three, right. and then the voice of Ahoy in Highball number two. Is that is that correct? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's it's really cool. You know, I love that Ahoy does that. That they have fiction in the back of their comics, and that they pay their writers. It's very very cool. So mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of people writing short stories. Well, no, there's not a ton of people who are willing to pay you for them. So it's really cool that Ahoy is making space for that. Because um, I know because and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Because I'm trying to remember when I did my interview with Tom Pyre last year was he he wanted to um. Yeah, he just didn't want to make it a comic book. He wanted to make it like, you know, this, you know, if you're going to pay for this, we want to give you a comic book, but also extra things in the back, like either a short, you know, a short prose um, story. Or um, I remember David Hyde, um, the um, super fan promotion, um, he did a, um, um, oh, shoot, he, he did um, uh, um, like a martini recipe. Right. I believe it was in uh, the the wrong Earth one shots where they had a series of different writers. That's right. Uh, they had Mark Way, they had Gail Simone, and in the back he had different themed recipes that were sort of themed of the world that we mm-hmm. were on. 
Um, and yeah, there's always really funny letters from the editors or to the editors and sometimes mm -hmm. amazing art or even, you know, like games, weird stuff back there. And sometimes it's related to whatever's going on piece. So I always thought it was really cool that they make space for that. They really want to give you bang for your buck. It really, yes, it really. And that's what I love about Ahoy Comics. It, it not just only offers the comics, but also too, it's like these little short stories to read. Um, Hannah, I just also want to mention that, you know, to our listeners that some of your works have also appeared in some, is it a, um, the, the main review? Um, is that a magazine or a website? Uh, I think it's an online journal. Okay. <laughs> and then also to always crashing that, that I saw the website and method so, magazine. Method magazine. Yeah. That was a journal I worked on at Wesleyan university, which I think Elisa and I are, are both, uh, along where, I guess I knew that and then forgot it because that's my brain. Where, where did you live? Uh, I lived in Westco for the first two years. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah. That means you're a hippie. Absolutely. I'm, I'm wearing a WESU shirt right now. I worked at the, the radio station. Um, yeah, had, had a lot of fun there. So it's cool to meet more Wesleyan people out in the wild. And they're always doing something interesting. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, I wrote, uh, edited that magazine there. Just been writing stories, submitting them out. People want them or publishing them or not. Um, and it's been, it's been cool. <laughs> That's so nice. Now, Hannah, I'm going to, would you like to add anything else before I ask you one question that you saw already? <laughs> um, no, not much. I mean, yeah, I've been working for Ahoy as their, uh, I've worked for Superfan Promotions, uh, mm -hmm. which David Hyde's companies, you mean, we're sort of the implicits for Ahoy as well. So I've been there almost four years now. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just been super great to work with them. And they've been really generous in, you know, offering mm -hmm. me opportunities to write different things. Um, I felt really lucky that sort of stumbled, stumbled into this career. I used to work for David's wife, Dara Hyde, over at uh, her literary agency. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been really cool to to now see this other side of publishing comics, publish just like totally opened a new door to totally different types of storytelling. So it's been it's been really cool to to go from feeling like a newbie in comics to now mm -hmm. feeling like I, I, you know, I got to write my own comic, yes. um, mm -hmm. being a part of the world and all the really cool creators. And before I continue, I'm sorry, off the cuff question. But, um, not only um, are you publicity coordinator at Superfan Promotion for Ahoy Comics, but you also do for I think I saw recent recently. Is it Oni? Is it Oni Press? Yeah, we have a bunch. Well, of like which other? Right yeah, who are your other clients? I know that's on. Sometimes we do work for Fanographics, for for Dark Horse, for Clover Press, uh, for Kickstarters. We we're pretty much we have our fingers in everything in the indie comic scene, pretty mm -hmm. much. Yeah. All right. Now the question I want to ask you because I seen it because I have and at least I'm going to mention the the article that I saw this um and or related to the question I'm going to ask to Hannah because Hannah you wrote something called Face Wine Culture mm -hmm. now. In your bio, at the end, in your bio, you there's a quote, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, or you can deny this either way. Quote, <laughs> she once cut her hair into a mullet and flew to Nashville to be David Bowie for a 70s cover band show. <laughs> How true. big of a... <laughs> uh, yeah, my one of my best friends in the world is a musician in Nashville, um, and they were putting on a, a 70s cover band show 
Um, and at one point in college, I had very short hair. Uh, so my friend showed a picture of me with short hair to the booker and was like, I know you're looking for a David Bowie. Like, this is my friend with short hair. She could do it. Um, so then I had to cut my hair off again to be Bowie. So I cut it all <laughs> off um, and flew to Nashville. And I'm I'm not a musician, by the way, but I am a very big David Bowie fan. So I was like, I'm just going to be it. Um, and it was really fun. I was wearing like a crazy suit. I had my best mullet on and uh, and got to perform as David Bowie. So it was like a cool bucket list item for me. <laughs> Sorry, off the cuff question. Have you ever gone to David Bowie concert or have you by some chance bumped into him? I wish I could say yes, but no, it's definitely one of my like biggest life moments of like, that was one of the people I would have loved to see in live that I missed. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe in the next life david bowie mm-hmm. and i will cross paths that's all i can hope i did grow up with a dog named ziggy stardust so uh, i feel i feel like there's a you know a six degrees of connection somehow yes. <laughs> all right now um now shout outs hannah i'm just going to say this to you. hannah just thank you very much for setting up this interview thank you very much alisa do you want to add anything to that to you know the I just will say that I've never really understood the distinction between a mullet and the 70s shag. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, you want to? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that I'm I'm totally qualified to answer. I feel like my gut is that the shag has more business in the front or more party in the front to say. And the mullet yeah. is both business and then party in the back. But I think, I don't know. It's like you look at David Cassidy in oh his God. Partridge family days. Oh, God. And, yes. you know, and then you look at, I don't know, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I I can tell that they're different, but I don't know that I can put it in words. And I just feel that anyone who's listening who could reach out to me and help me, help me understand the nuance, because I feel it's an important nuance and and might really be holding me back as a writer. <laughs> um. After this call, there's there's a. <laughs> <laughs> I remember now. This is a, I'm going to throw this out, Hannah. This is one of the interviews that you set up. Um, it was with um, oh, Gavin Hignight, Doc Wyatt, and Jen Fisher because they were promoting the um, Nancy Drew Kickstarter figures. And I remember we were because since this Nancy Drew, you know, so Elisa, we were talking. So the conversation came about of like um, you know that. Nancy Drew's part of pop culture in the 70s. We had the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. And um I, you know, then the topic came up of Sean Cassidy. And I remember Gavin said, Yeah, Sean Cassidy had that because Sean Cassidy's hair was sort of like his brother, David's, you know, David's hair. And I think Gavin said it was like a feather, it was almost like a feathery white hair type deal. <laughs> so I don't you, know if that'll be the difference. <laughs> I I just need to say that I you know people talk openly about their first love being David Cassidy, uh-huh. but for those of us who were brought into an awareness of our 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 budding womanhood by Sean Cassidy, not many are out. Yeah. And I'm just I'm a, I, I had a poster. Mm-hmm. I listened to Da Do Run Run Run. Uh huh. My mom, who loved Joan Baez and 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 you know, uh, uh, I don't know, a Carol King, was horrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it was an upsetting moment for her, but yes, I I was a Sean Cassidy fan. Because for me, I fell in love with um, Pamela Sue Martin. 
I was like, oh my God. <laughs> kind of loved her too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. I'm going to try to keep this moving on. Um, now, before we continue, um, so listeners, if you want to check out past interviews that I've done with Elisa, you know, those were episodes 733 and 787. That's where we went a little bit more in depth about um, her the um for um her series um guilt g-i-l-t and listeners also and uh, alisa give i'm sorry just give me uh i'm just going to indulge a little bit because i want to this is the first time me and hannah have really seen each other we've communicated over emails you know and you know Listeners, Hannah and I have been working together for the last two years. She's done a lot of work behind the scenes, such as sending out press releases and scheduling interviews. Hannah, I just want to say mahalo. Thank you in Hawaiian for helping us, the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. You helped us grow our interview episodes because we started back in 2021. And, you know, we, we were getting, we were trying, we were reaching out to creators. We weren't getting too many responses, but but I just want to say thank you very much for reaching out to us and asking us to do, you know, to do interviews. So just thank you very much. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you very much for, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm just clearing my throat. Just, you know, guys, I'm not trying to, I'm not, you know, I'm not the clamp or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I just want to thank Hannah. I just want to thank you for all your kindness, your patience and your hard work and listeners. Like I said, she's coordinated, you know, I live in Hawaii, you know, she's coordinated interviews literally across time zones. And we're not just talking about mainland U.S. We're talking like England and soon from Australia. And thank you for always sending me, you know, the you know, the 24-hour reminders. Thank you. So, Hannah, just mahalo. Thank you very much for all your help. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you to say. It's it's wonderful to work with you. You're such a pleasure to work with. So it makes it really, really easy to do my job. So truly, it's really wonderful to have, you know, partners like you doing this work because it really makes my job a ton easier to have someone, you know, as thoughtful and as prepared as you and just as kind as you. So, you know, that's what this business is about, right? We're just people dealing with other people. And the, the more fun those people are to deal with, the easier yeah. the job is. You've made my job really easy by being such a great, you know, partner to work with. So I appreciate that so much. No, but thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, also, too, sorry. <clears throat> so some, I just want to give a couple of shout outs is that some of the information I got on Hannah came from the Comic Book Yeti website. That article was called Connecting People with Comics. They will um, Comics They Will Love. That's an interview with Hannah Bahedri. That was written by Katie Ligra. Then that was dated on November 23rd, 2021. If you get a chance, please check that out. And my information on Elisa, please visit her website, elisaquitney.com. And this is going to go, this is a perfect segue. Already, Elisa has mentioned that she's on Twitter, whatever they're calling it now. Um, Elisa, and also your website. Elisa, where else are you on social media? Uh, I'm on Blue Sky. I think I'm Alisa.Quitney at Blue Sky. So Bisky Social, B-S-K-Y Social. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, what else? I'm on Instagram, but I, I'm not, I'm I'm going to get better on Instagram and on Facebook. I haven't, I haven't been posting as much as I should. It's, it's weird when you're a writer, the more you're writing and working, the harder it is sometimes to remember to, 
you know, go and and uh, interact with people. No, but it's but also, but it's kind of like, but it's kind of, um, yeah. Because the only thing is, I'm just only on Twitter because I cannot because for you as a writer, and even you, Hannah. I mean, just trying to juggle all these social and every you know all the social media things. It's just trying to like, okay, I got to remember I have to put this on this and this on this and you know and yeah, it's just and and then it's kind of like going okay, but I need time to write my stuff, you know? <laughs> it's very real. It's why people hire super fans and do all that mess for them. <laughs> now, Hannah, what about you? Where can listeners follow you on social media? Um, I'm on, you know, the artist formerly known as Twitter right now. I think just Hannah, Hannah Behedry and I'm on Blue Sky now as Beheads. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to keep up. I've mostly been on Twitter and now it's Twitter's been dying for the past, you know, 18 months or whatever. So mm-hmm. possible to know. It feels yeah. like, we're, you know, on the lifeboat watching the Titanic sink, or maybe we're already in the water. We don't even know, but, um, but yeah, just mm-hmm. still keep my eye on everything to see when it sinks into the water. But for now I'm still, I want to call it X, but I guess I have to on X. I, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and blue sky mostly. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to get into Project Cryptid. Now, Hannah, Elisa, give sorry, let me just, I just want to give um, for new listeners some background. So Cryptid, now Cryptid, now we're not talking about cryptocurrency. Just want to make that clear. <laughs> that's that's scarier. Yeah, it's because I don't want someone to go, oh my God, are they talking about cryptocurrencies? Is that what it is? No. <laughs> because I would forget my password. That's all there is to it. <laughs> So now cryptids are animals that cryptozoologists believe may exist somewhere in the wild, such as Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, etc. Creatures exist in, and these creatures exist in pop culture, ranging from X-Files to shows, to reality shows as Finding Bigfoot on the Science Channel. Now, listeners, you know, I am fascinated with all this and yet at the same time, a little skeptical, but overall, I I, I just get a big kick out of it. I, I really do. And um, and I used to love watching in theaters and uh, Elisa, you could and, and I don't know if you've seen these in the theaters, but Sun um Sun Productions, they did these pseudo-documentaries in the 70s, you know, like a, the Bigfoot one, the uh, Loch Ness Monster, you know, it, I, I don't know, those are just so cool. And it's plus, you know. Growing up in the 70s, like, uh, I think it must have been 10 years old. I mean, going to the movies, you know, just to, you know, just something to do during a Saturday afternoon, you know, without any parent when it was a little more safer back then. <laughs> now, well, every... safe from everyone except Bigfoot. Yes. <laughs> now, a brief description about Project Cryptid from a Hawaii cop from the Hawaii Comics website. Um, and Hannah, just feel free to jump in. Now, now, they described it as, you know, that this series will transport readers from the depths of Loch Ness to the wilds of the Yeti Himalayan mountains to the Ohio backroads where Loveland Frogman lurks, asking the important questions like, are any of these mysterious, unthinkable creatures actually real? And more importantly, are they funny? Now, this new anthology will feature stories from Elisa, Hannah, Mark Russell, Alex Sugera, Bryce Ingram, art by Peter Cross, Jamal Ingle, just to name a few. Now, Elisa, I'm going to ask you, 
I'm going to start off with you. What is your story about? Because yours is going to be issue two that comes out in October, I believe. Yes. Yeah, I've actually, Moise and I have done two stories together. So the first is Chupahuawa, and that one is coming out, uh, I guess, in in October, you said, right? Issue yes. two. So that's Chupahuawa, and it is really, uh, well, I took a real story that happened to my daughter's friend. And I I turned it into something different. I got permission from the young woman. Mm-hmm. So I can I can tell you what it's based on, mm-hmm. actually, because it's it's based. So I like horror, but I like horror with a lot of lightness. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one of the things that I wanted to write about was the chupacabra. And you can look up chupacabras. They're kind of a, a fairly recent cryptid in that you know there uh people have had these sightings of this creature that that has a sort of vampiric uh ability to drain blood from livestock Mm -hmm. and people uh they are described variously as being somewhat canid in in their appearance or somewhat reptilian so there seems to be a, a gray area and uh so they're often seen uh more out in the southwest uh, I think around New Mexico is has been more of the and there, there have been other sightings as well, mm-hmm. but not in the New York area. Mm-hmm. So my daughter uh, had been living out in Taos, New Mexico at the Earthship Academy, um, which is this uh, wonderful uh, place that builds sustainable houses out of tires and, mm-hmm. and yes. beer cans and bottles. But it's it's out on the mesa. So people live in various areas out on the mesa. It's a different kind of rural. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a wonderfully spooky haunted landscape. So I went to visit her last summer. Nice. And I just thought this is a- an incredibly evocative place, both visually. Obviously, it's inspired George O'Keefe and a lot of artists. Um, but also in terms of you can feel the history and a very different kind of history there. So uh a long story trying to make it shorter no, sorry no, i realize i'm babbling no um, no don't worry I, I mean if you're okay with time wait hannah are you also okay with time too over here okay so okay. Yeah, no please yeah okay so so um this young woman was uh taking an electric bicycle i can't remember if electric or or you know i think it was electric to work and it's this very deserted long stretch of of mesa's like desert area and uh, someone took her bicycle, so she didn't have any way except walking to get to mm-hmm. to the main area where the guest house is that greets people. She called her boss and said, "You know, uh, I, I'm I'm walking in." The boss said, "Don't, don't! I'm coming to get you." But the young woman had already set off, and uh, she was attacked by a bunch of dogs, mm-hmm. and they were, I mean, dogs can be scary i i'm a huge dog lover i have two myself but you know these were dogs that were um i think they actually at first i thought they were feral but they were dogs that belonged to someone who wasn't taking proper care of them yeah and they were starting to drag her off when her boss stopped the car and and you know got out and had to really shoot the dogs away and and Mm -hmm. rescue this young woman so i thought well that is real horror Yes. But I don't I don't write real horror. <laughs> I write I write sort of gross out 
adjacent horror. Mm-hmm. And so I, I asked my daughter to ask her if I could turn this story into something um, much more upbeat. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and also more disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's sort of where my my mind goes. So Chupahuawa uh, is is a version of that. And I should also mention that it's got, I sort of created my own version with Maurice of the Golden Girls. They're like an updated uh, triad of older women. And they're going on vacation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so Chupahuawa is their first adventure. And it mm-hmm. features the, the hippiest one of them. Uh, the second story, which will come out later, is <laughs> with the same three women, but it's another woman's story. Oh, that's so cool. Thanks. <laughs> oh, my God. And I, I have to say that Maurice is so wonderful. Alan is his real first name. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like, I take him to some pretty strange places. <laughs> and he, he just, he, we go back and forth so much. And in a way... I mean, it's it's collaborative in a different way than I've ever been with an artist. So mm-hmm. we are very much telling. So I'll I'll send him the script, but he'll give me feedback, and sometimes yes. he draws things differently. And then I so it. I think we've been evolving into into something quite different, you know, mm-hmm. than than how I've worked with other artists in the past. Mm-hmm. In just that there's more communication, and it allows for that. You know, my, one of my my role models is Terry Moore, who's both a writer and an artist and Strangers in Paradise and Echo and um, uh, Rachel Rising, just so many wonderful, funny slash thriller, funny Mm -hmm. slash horror or science fiction, but also with these very authentic emotions. And one of the things that makes Terry, to my mind, so fantastic is his ability to shift tones. And I think it, it could be harder to do if you're not the writer and the artist mm-hmm. but i i feel like because alan and i communicate so much we we've, we've gotten into a groove we're we're definitely not one person mm-hmm. um but but we uh we we definitely have a rapport now so i i anyway so that is my um uh, chupahuawa story to begin with and mm-hmm. it was approved by the young uh the young woman who's yeah anyway <laughs> That's my story. That is, no, but that, oh my God, that is, I'm going to be honest. I can't wait to read that, what, that story. I really can't. <laughs> and um, list, and Hannah, please feel free to jump in at any time. Um, uh, You know, listeners, you know, uh, like Elisa and Maurice, you know, to me in guilt, they, that is so far their best, well, their best work up to date until, we see, you know, your story in issue number two, but I love Morrissey's, um, some of his, you know, some of his facial expressions are subtle and it conveys so much. Yes. Okay. So this is what, so to me, the most important thing when working with an artist is what, you know, comic book editors call the acting. So the acting is the, you know, we often say, oh, well, the uh, writer is writing a script that's like a screenplay. So they're mm-hmm. like the the screenplay writer and the director, but the artist is the cinematographer. Mm-hmm. And, but they're also all the actors. Mm-hmm. And the acting is how much the the artist can capture those fine nuances of emotion. And, you know, it's interesting when I've taught writing, I say, you never 
you you don't want to dictate to an artist, mm-hmm. you know, raises one eyebrow, the, the left side of their mouth twitches. Yeah, <laughs> you don't do that. You call out the emotion that the character is feeling mm-hmm. and then the artist interprets. But I think Alain is is just so capable in, and he is the only artist I've ever known who willingly adds more panels to what I've already written. <laughs> if he thinks the timing will be improved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hannah, do you want to add anything to that? Oh, I mean, I haven't read it yet. I wish I had, but I'm looking forward to when that, you know, when that review PDF drops into my inbox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the idea of, you know, having a set of characters that are moved different adventures, especially if Project Crib comes back for a second, which as of yet, we cannot convert. <laughs> uh, if it were to, then that would be pretty cool to see those characters. <laughs> yes, I have to say, sorry, before, Helen, before I start asking you some questions. Yeah, Elisa, I love the idea that your little golden girls, you know, is your golden girl type characters are not just in one story, but they're also going to come back in another in another story later in the series. Okay, so the the funny thing is, so I just was on uh, from Cradle to Grave podcast talking about Creep Show, oh, okay. and um, and I I was talking about the. If if you remember the original 1982 creep show movie, yes. there's there's one of the episodes is is a kind of Sasquatchy Yeti like character, and in it, Adrian Barbeau, the yeah. actress who is B. Arthur's daughter on the 70s feminist yes. uh, Tom Lear show, Maud, uh, she is you know of of the category of woman who just needs a good slap. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, such a trope of, you know, from the the 30s and 40s, you know, and and as a woman, you know, you watch these and you think, oh, God, that woman just needs a, what am I saying? Why (laughs) have I been manipulated into this? And so... um, so I thought it was kind of funny because my my second story, I will say less about this. You know, I I mean, I can say there's there's a Yeti in it. And and the character who interacts with the Yeti is based a bit on B. Arthur, the actress who played Maud and Dorothy on the Golden Girls. Oh, that is so cool. That is so cool. <laughs> oh my God, I can't wait to read these stories. That is so cool. Um Hannah, I'm gonna ask you so. Um, what is your story about and which cryptid um, ca- uh, creature did you focus on the story on? Sure. Um, so mine's called Cryptids Anonymous and it's actually got like a whole bunch of cryptids in it. It's just I could not choose a cryptid. So I removed the choice for myself. by <laughs> making So the idea is generally that like all the cryptids in the world get together for a monthly meeting to discuss, you know, cryptid business you know, various threats to their identities and, you know, various things that they can do to hide or to, you know, whatever it may be, whatever the cryptids have on their monthly agenda, they get together to talk about it. So it's kind of like a a silly, you know, meeting where all the cryptids are there and there's power struggles. Yeti and the Bigfoot don't necessarily get along. They have different, what it means to be a powerful, you know, cryptid. And there's a bunch of, you know, comic relief cryptids running in and out of the space. And so, I like I was doing a bunch of research when I, you know, was told that I was able to write this. So I was like, I'm going to do a ton of research. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this script is cool. Ooh, this script is cool. This one. And then I was like, clearly, you know, I just need to write all the crypt in here. So um, so that was really fun. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to I, I saw the a page of inks for the first time. So that's the first, you know, 
art I've ever received that anyone made based off my words. And I'm like, oh, cool. Mm -hmm. So very excited to to kind of see how it all plays out. <laughs> Who's your artist? Uh, their name is Lane Lloyd. I've never worked with them. Well, I've never worked with any artist before, but um, but I've seen some of their art and it's really cool. So uh, it's got this like kind of absurdist, surreal, cartoony vibe to it. Cool. So um, I feel like it, it goes well with the, you know, the band of kooks that are at the, the Cryptids Anonymous meeting. So it's I love the idea that Bigfoot and Yeti are having like the narcissism of small differences issues. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, make sure to give like the Bigfoot... I was like, uh, Yeti's like a bro and like the Bigfoot is like a different type. And I was like, maybe give him a nose ring or something. So I saw the art and he has a nose ring. And I'm like, I'm obsessed. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's appropriate at this moment, but I do have an actual Bigfoot encounter story that happened sort of to me. Yes. Yes. What could be more appropriate? Yes. Go. Okay. This is, this is just, okay. So growing up, uh, my uncle, who was like a father to me, I, I would go to Florida and he was a lawyer who also became half owner of a nudist camp and the Seminole nudist camp, which is also appropriation. But, you know, OK, it was the 70s. And yes. <laughs> um, so I would go to the Seminole nudist camp and one night. So my uncle had a camper. And my friend and I were in the camper watching his little black and white TV. Mm -hmm. And I remember that it was Passover Easter and we were watching the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. And yes. all of a sudden, and this is out in Davie, Florida, which is uh, Davie is, if, for people who don't know, it's very uh, rural. It's much, it's not Miami built up city, you know, it, it, it's quite mm -hmm. out, out backy mm -hmm. and um, not quite like the Mesa, but still. And there I was, this city kid in a camper, you know, watching the Ten Commandments in a nudist camp, as you do. And suddenly there was a news bulletin interrupting, saying there have been reports of Bigfoot sightings. You know, again, I can't I can't attest to exactly what the language was, but it was very clear that they were saying someone claimed to have spotted a Bigfoot <laughs> in the area. And my friend and I were about seven or eight years old. And we're like, oh, my God. And then suddenly we hear them thump 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 and there's a rattling of the door yeah. and it, it's it's my uncle <laughs> uh so my uncle was not a bigfoot and he was irritated by that but <laughs> but i remember it as my bigfoot encounter oh my god but that uh, that i have to say that is that is all wrapped up that is so cool that a news station goes we have break you know we have news there's a bigfoot sighting you know it's like i i i have to say that i think it must have been a slow news day yeah. but also i really have another story to tell at some point about you know bigfoot and a nudist camp <laughs> that's that's a comic waiting to be drawn right there by yeah. very carefully yeah. <laughs> oh my god oh so okay so so because because Alisa, <laughs> when I, because, because I saw that on the web, on the Ahoy website, your encounter. So I was kind of going, I, because I wasn't, because, you know, because we know Ahoy comics, they're like, you know, they make, you know, we can't, they, you know, it's always, they, there's a little bit of the puns and so forth. And I just thought that because I, because 
I, you know, I, I know you. You like, assumed, you, know. you assumed as any sane person would, just, that my story about a Bigfoot encounter at a nudist camp, it was made up. Yeah, it's so and, funny. You know, it's like it's, it, it, you know, <laughs> there's so many jokes to that, and 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 I thought, but oh my god, but when you're telling us a little bit more detail that you and your friend are in this camper. Watching the Ten Commandments. Dalton Heston, you cannot make this up. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. But like I said, that's a cool story. That is a cool story. Hannah, I'm gonna ask, have you had any experience growing up? Anything like that or a friend of a friend type deal? Unfortunately, I haven't. I don't know. Are there cryptids in the LA area? I feel like there's too much pollution, too many lights to skip away. I'd have to go out to Joshua Tree and things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't had many encounters. So, okay, all right. Uh, well, alligators in the sewers. There you go. There's Jason. Yeah. What about you? So, actually, because what um I was preparing for um because I know Alex has a story in issue number t- Alex Seguera. Se- Se- Hopefully, I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. Um, because when I was preparing for his interview, I was thinking about mines. So, um, because in Hawaii. <clears throat> Um, like I'm going to be, a, I don't, we never really call them cryptids, but ours is more of, um, Hawaiian legends because anywhere in most places in Hawaii, especially, um, the big Island, it's, you know, you, we have all these Hawaiian legends there. Now I've never experienced anything on the big Island. So in Hawaii we have, um, and I'm just going with memories that we have something called Menuhunis. basically Menuhunis, I think for like, um, I think in either is it Scottish or Irish folklore, like leprechauns, basically short little people, that, you know, they cause, sometimes they cause a little, sometimes they call it a little mischief. Sometimes they bring good luck to people. And it kind of, the stories, the stories that we hear it always varies. So this happened back in the nineties um, on Kauai in um, the Northern part of Kauai. And it's the, the famous um, Kalalau trail. And it, you hike in. It's a 26-mile hike-in trail. There are three campsites. The first campsite is called Hanakapiai. Um, people, um, so if you just go there for a day, you can just, it's easy to just, you know, it's a little bit rough, but it's li- the terrain's a little bit rough, but you can make it and you can go to the beach. The rest of the way is, oh my God, you need backpack. You know, you really got to plan and everything. So the first night that we got to Hanakapiai, and I remember... Um, it was three o'clock in the morning. And if I remember correctly, it was a full moon. So me and a friend were sharing. Um, there were six of us in the group. So each of us were, you know, we're, we were two guys in each tent. So three o'clock in, I remember exactly about three o'clock in the morning. I hear kids running around and laughing outside. <laughs> so all I, when I heard that, I was like, I'm going to scare these kids. <laughs> My friend wakes up going, what are you doing? <laughs> I said, there's kids outside. They're running around laughing. We go outside. There's nothing. <laughs> we don't see We don't see a kid around or anything. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, that is scary. Yes. <laughs> it's much scarier when it doesn't just turn out to be your uncle. Yes. <laughs> So I think that's the closest I could, that would, I would say that would be probably the closest thing for a, you know, folklore or legend story that I can come up with. Yeah. That is, 
that I think that is your story to write, Jason. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I, I'm not born to write. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Um, sorry, I'm going to keep. I'm sorry, I'm going to keep going on, um, because um, Alyssa, how are you doing with time? Alyssa, how are you doing with time? I'm okay. I can keep okay. going a bit. Okay, so, so I'm going to ask this question to Hannah and. Feel free to jump in, Elisa. So, Hannah, you know, like, how did how did um, Ahoy Comics come up with this um, new anthology series? Like, was there a Zoom meeting or? <laughs> I'm not sure. I do know that the project is Sarah Litt's baby. She's one of the editors at Ahoy. Um, so I'm pretty sure this was just sort of her her brainchild that she was really excited about getting done and, you know, reached out to a bunch of like, creators to get them on board. Um Ahoy's last big anthology was the the Edgar Allan Poe Snifter of series, you know, Snifter of Blood, Snifter of Death. Mm-hmm. It's, it's full of all sorts of things. But um, I think what's really cool about the anthology format is that you do get to get so many different writers and creators in. And also you sort of, you skip that problem of like, oh, if I haven't picked up number one, I'm not going to pick up two, three, four, five, whatever yes. it may be. So the cool part about, about the anthology is that you, you can just hop in on any issue. So I know they're probably looking for like, what other cool anthology can we do? And I know that Sarah Litt came up with a cryptid idea, which is really cool because, right, you, there's so many ways you can go with it. Like, and you can see it being sort of, you know, mm-hmm. replicable <laughs> with different series down the line. So, um, so yeah, I'm not totally sure if there was a Zoom meeting, I wasn't on it, but um, I do know that it's Sarah Litt's baby and that she's super excited about um, about the the feel of the, of the series and and. Um, and I was really grateful that she invited me to, to be a part of it. She was going to, you know, write something, a short story or a comic. And I was like, I've written a comic before. And she was like, perfect. Then you'll write a comic. I was like, okay. <laughs> so it was really cool to be like supported rather than being like, oh no, we'll, we'll get you another short story. You can do those. So mm-hmm. it was really cool that she had enough faith in me to go out of my comfort. Um, so I know that much that it is Sarah Litt's baby. And I'm really grateful that you now she brought me on. And there's so many other cool a part of this project. And and I hope that it keeps going. There, as, as is obvious here, there are so many more cryptid stories to be told. Yes. So many. And I know Tom Pyre, you know, mentioned to me at one point that he just hopes that there's always going to be an anthology at Ahoy. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it there's, I think for a lot of people like him, like me that grew up reading comic book anthologies, House of Mystery, House of Secrets, the old yes. EC anthologies, um, Vampirella, Creepy, Eerie. It, it's just, there were all these great, usually horror themed uh, anthologies. And, you know, the loss of them has felt really sad because the idea that comics of a necessity involve, you know, incredible amounts of of uh, superhero continuity. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That's not the only kind of comic there there was. And so I think this is a, a venerable tradition. Mm-hmm. Now, Elisa, how did you get involved with this? How, you know... Did Sarah contacted you or Sarah Sarah contacted me early on and she said, you know, she was doing this uh cryptid, you know, uh, anthology and did, you know, I think she said characters like Chupacabra, Yeti, uh, something else. And I said, yes. And he instantly, like in the email, wrote a Chupacabra and uh, a Yeti pitch. And she <laughs> said, okay. I said, okay. <laughs> So um, every once in a while, this doesn't happen often in 
in a writer's life or or in my life, you know, where you just say a sentence and the editor's like, go for it. Yeah. So um, when it happens, it's, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's this wonderful, effortless, you know, like pitchgasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, it's a, it's a great rare thing. And then um, off the cuff question, um, did you have, did, did you say, hey, I want um, Alan to come and do this, to draw this story, you know, these two stories, or did they team you guys up again? Uh, I think at this point, we're we're kind of, I mean, it's, it's not that we can't do things with other people, but I think, yeah. I, I don't remember how it is. We're, we're sort of an established, we, yes. we do a lot of things together yes. now. Um, and I hope, you know, I hope that that continues because it's, I mean, my mom once said to me, look, most marriages and rock bands do not last forever, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm optimistic. This has been a really good partnership. So I think yes. I can't remember. I think I, I was like meandalan and Sarah said, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to do an um, off the cuff thing here because listeners, um, I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to give a shout out to, um, Conan on number one, um, Morissette's co- um, Mar- Morissette's cover was the best one because he put little Easter eggs, and in the far left corner, um, I think there was like a little board thing because I remember I was looking through it. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Qu-. And I see Quitney. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And I put him like I put little boy Alan into guilt. There's a scene where there's a little French speaking boy uh, at the airport. So, yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I had to have him do the French because I don't really speak French. God, yes, that's right. Um, Hannah, I'm going to ask, do you want to add anything to that? No, that cover is so cool and I felt like I spent hours studying it and I didn't see all the things that were there people found it on Twitter and were like look at this I thought I had looked at this closely enough (laughs) clearly not it's really it was really cool to see all the like the layers and the depth yes it's it's very good yes okay I'm sorry so um Hannah I'm gonna start off with you um do you want to give uh any shout outs to the creative anyone else on the creative team who helped you with your story absolutely i mean i'd love to shout out sarah lip for you know opening the door for me and, and being really encouraging and and tom pear you know was the first one who suggested i submit a story to ahoy which it's just really cool to you know have someone open the door for you right I mean, it's it's a really like great it's this thing i'm really grateful for that i mm-hmm. don't take for granted so both of them have been i mean everyone at ahoy honestly has been incredible to work with like mm-hmm um just like a really great team super nice people who you know go to bat for each other and for the creators on their team and mm-hmm. that's really awesome and and shout out to lane lloyd for for drawing my story which i haven't seen yet um and shout out to david hyde for giving my job mm-hmm. shout everyone out <laughs> alisa what about you any shout outs um god i i always i mean i i i love the team at ahoy and you know hannah's been fantastic um lately i've i've somehow tricked tom into tom pyre into talking with me uh so sometimes once a week or once every other week we we nice. he just starts to tell me weird things he's watching and i think lately I, he just mentioned to me 
uh, I Married an Alien, I think it's called. It's a film from the 50s. That's uh -huh. just, and I, he goes into weird esoteric places where uh, I, I think I know an obscure thing. And it turns out he's like written his dissertation on that weird, obscure thing. So I find him very inspirational to talk to. I'm going to say that's so cool that you guys still keep in touch with each other because because your friendships now correct me if i'm wrong your friendship started started basically in the 90s at, at dc comics yes when and we were has... both fetuses that were both we, we we were fetuses who smoked and we shared an office and it was really funny because uh when we moved we were given an office that they thought was going to be a computer room mm -hmm. and we had no windows but the best ventilation and it was like the last of the indoor smokers but you would come into our office and you didn't smell any cigarette smoke because like these powerful air conditioners were just sucking it all and probably polluting someone else <laughs> now i'm slowly wrapping things up now before i ask this question and listeners i just want to make it clear that i'm not looking to bash any other publishers or anything like that you know because every publisher brings their own different voice to the table at least i'm going to ask you what do you love about working with ahoy comics Oh God, it's it's like when you go into a small but exquisite restaurant where mm -hmm. they actually know you and they remember, you know, they they know your drink. They remember that you're allergic to sesame. Mm -hmm. I, there's something individual and specific. And it reminds me of what it was like working at Vertigo, mm -hmm. where it felt you, you did not feel like a cog in a big machine. Mm -hmm. yes. And, you know, I. You know, I I feel like there's lines of communication that are open and immediate, mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of freedom to to be creative and to discover things. So I, this has been an amazing home. So I, I could I could kind of you know babble even more about it, but it's it's very heartfelt. Anna, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. It's been they're pretty much. I feel like my the first client that. When I when when David hired me, he sort of set me loose at Ahoy. He was like, everyone here is really, really great. You're gonna be, you're gonna have the best time here. Um, and it's so true. Everyone's been mm -hmm. so wonderful to work with, just on a human level. And then also in a business sense, they're I feel like they're really thoughtful mm -hmm. and you know, they stand by their word. I think what I love best about the work there is that they seem to have so much trust in their creators, mm -hmm. which is why you get stories with like such strong voices, right? Like every single book on Ahoy's docket, there, there isn't really a common thread other than the voices are so strong and mm -hmm. they're funny, they're thoughtful, they're, yes. you know, incisive in some way. Um, and I feel like so much of that comes from the immense amount of trust that they have in their creators. They're like, this is your, you know, platform to to write what you want to write, to, mm -hmm. to draw what you want to draw, to create the stories and tell the stories you want. Um, and they're bringing those people on because they respect, you know, their voices and what they have to say. So uh, you never feel like they're trying to, you know, shave your story down to be more palatable or more mm -hmm. marketable or whatever, whatever, like that they're really invested in each creator's voice um, and then finding the audience for that voice, right? Like that's, mm -hmm. that's part of my role as super fans that I remember when David hired me, he was like, no one wants to be marketed at and no one wants to be sold but like there people want to be told about a book that they want to be told about right like people that want to read those stories want to know about it and that's sort of our job to be the conduit right between the people making incredible art and the audiences out there that are going to want that art so yes i feel like mm -hmm. that's what's really cool about 
working for Ahoy in that sense of like, we're getting incredible art, incredible stories with such strong voices. Um, and it's just our job to find the people that want those stories because we know they're out there, right? So um, it feels really cool that they've they've got such a strong identity and they're still chugging in year five and there's some stuff on the horizon. Like feel really gratified to be. Thank you very much. Um, I'm gonna start wrapping things up. I'm gonna actually go down, um, I'm gonna ask a couple more questions. Um, Hannah, because I already asked Alyssa this question in the first time we did the interview, but Hannah, have you and your family been to Hawaii? have not. Oh, okay. On the bucket now, <laughs> ah, It's on your bucket list. Okay. Hmm. Now, Alyssa, I'm going to say this out loud because you, because um, I'm still I'm still putting your name in under guest requests at local cons to bring you down here. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> I I thank you so much. I if. Well, one of these days, I've got to find my way to come to Hawaii. It's been a lifelong dream. Mm -hmm. um, and I realize that it is probably not like a combination of the Elvis movie and it's a small world after all. But, um, you know, the little part with the islands. But I no, I've, I've just always thought that it, it would be an amazing place to go. And I anyway, I. It'll happen. It'll happen. Yes, I'm yes. realizing I'm babbling in oh. inarticulately. I will. I would like to come and meet your giggling cryptids. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, I'm gonna. Sorry, off the cuff, but when you come down, I'm gonna. I'm gonna point you to one of those. Um, oh, what is it? It's one of those. Um ghost story not ghost story tours but one of those it's kind of i would just say it's a ghost story tour i think you would love it you, oh absolutely you know, bring your daughter bring your daughter and your son down you guys are going to love it but i think you're also going to get freaked out by it too you know <laughs> happily freaked out is is my favorite flavor <laughs> and then and hannah I'm, because i think you already know this because i'm trying to i'm trying to see a convention organizer down here to try to bring you know, Ahoy Comics down here for their convention. That would, yeah. you know. So at least if you hear about that, you're going to go, I'm in, <laughs> I'm here, you know. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I will I will be packing myself and <laughs> in their suitcase. <laughs> Come on, Mark Russell, make room for me, you know. <laughs> All right. Um, Hannah, I'm going to ask you, Hannah, I'm going to start off with you. Any closing words to our listeners? Um... I guess the the only last thing I want to say is that when Project Cryptid 1 comes out in September, there's going to be that first issue of the prose serial by Grant Morrison in the back there. Um, it's called Partially Naked Came the Corpse. It's a wild, like, detective murder mystery with about, like, 13 different detectives. And I've only gotten, like, a first glimpse at it because I was like, I need to sit down and actually read this before I write my section. And it is. It's off the wall. It's incredible. And there's some really cool John Proctor art that goes with each section as well, which is um, which is also really being surreal. Um, so that should be cool. Looking forward to that. I'm, I'm going to be writing the 11th segment of the mm -hmm. 13th part thing. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully I can help help, you know, guide the plane onto the runway. Um, so that should be really cool. Um, it, it's going to be in the backup materials of like a bunch of different books that are coming out in that sort of fifth anniversary period um, between. Um, so you'll kind of have things. That's, right. um, that's really cool. And then other than that, I just, I feel really 
glad you invited me on the show today. I feel really glad I got to meet you. Talk more about Giggling Cryptids, which is my next band name. <laughs> <laughs> Alisa, what about you? Any closing words? Um, you know, I feel that I will never outdo Giggling Cryptid, so I'll just leave it at that. But I, it was great. It was great talking with you again. And I'm really excited to read your story, Hannah. The The narcissism of uh, small Sasquatch differences is going to be great reading. What is, what is the title? What is the actual title? Uh, I think it's called Cryptids Anonymous, I believe. That is, that yeah. is great. And do you know it's issue six? I think issue six is where it's slated for now. We don't have the solicit copy yet, but uh, pencil it in <laughs> for February. Well, I'm excited to read that. And Alisa, thank you for bringing this up. What is the title for your story that's going to appear in issue two? Uh, Chupahuawa. Ah, okay. All right. Okay. Alisa and Hannah, mahalo for your time. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to interview both of you. Alisa, it's great to see you again. Thank you very much for coming back on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Know. you. Um, I'm really I'm, I'm really excited. I, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm really looking forward to reading both of your story, you know, both your stories in Project Cryptid. Um Hannah, thank you very much for setting up this interview. If you are a new comic book reader or a lifelong comic book reader, please check out Ahoy Comics. I love this publisher. Um Alisa said it best. You know, to me, Ahoy Comics is like that nice little small um, restaurant that knows you. It's, it, you know, um, what I've read, it, it's a very, it, each issue to me, I am, I'm, you, you know, it's like it, each issue is like a nice meal. That's what it is. It really is. It, you know, Ahoy Comics, there are times where it's funny, but yet at but at the same time, there's the undertone of that. There is a little bit of a seri seriousness and also a little bit of a heart to the story, you know. Yeah. But also, but listeners, I'm also going to be, but let me also say this too as well, too, that, you know, I also like other comic book publishers because I'm going to say the big two for me, um, I'll say this is that, and I always compare it, they're, they're kind of like the fast food um, of comics. I, you know, I just, I love the junk food. I love to read the superhero stuff. It's fast and it's great and big and bombastic. But I also love to have the nice meals at Ahoy Comic. It's very good. It really is. Now, I'm now, hungry. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> now, um, now, uh, now, Project Cryptid, the first issue comes out on September 6th. Elisa's story, that is an issue two that is slated for release on August uh, October 11th Hannah's story will appear in issue six that is slated for February 24th um and if you have not signed up for their newsletter please do so it's 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 very good it's you know it's very it's it it's very funny it's very good I want to thank Drew the Coast of Comics for fun and profit for putting this episode together Drew thank you very much for all your hard work behind the scenes and if you are a new listener please check out um New episodes of Comics for Fun and Profit that comes out every Saturday. And I want to thank you, the listeners. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, guys. Aloha. It's time for our summer patron giveaway. Yes, this time we're doing a prize pack of uh, selected comics, uh, some swag, um, 
uh, uh, some special stuff, uh, gifts from Jason from Hawaii, so some Hawaiian goodies, um, all kinds of fun stuff to share our love to you, uh, the patrons. So if you would like to be included in our summertime giveaway, just become a patron at any level uh, between now and Labor Day. So it's a summer giveaway, and then after Labor Day, we will pull a, a patron randomly from the stack and send you a prize pack. Now, not only that, not only do you get entered to win, you got to be in it to win it, by the way. That's what they say. You get on-air thanks and show notes, shout-outs, uh, priority inclusion of your feedback and questions or comments into the show, access to our patron only Slack community, very popular. Exclusive content, um, you get bonus episodes that nobody else gets. You get early access to bonus episodes or regular episodes. You get them ad free. You get them unedited. Um, sometimes that's a blessing and a curse, depending uh, on your feelings there. Uh, all kinds of fun stuff. And the levels go up, you get more more stuff. Uh, the, but that's that's kind of the ground floor stuff you get um coming in as a patron so please do so it also means that you like what we're doing and you're sharing and caring enough to uh throw us a couple of um shekels our way and we appreciate that and it helps keep the lights on it helps pay the server fees it helps um keep us going and keep us doing it on our our road to a thousand episodes. Can we get there? <clears throat> I hope so. I hope so. But everything's going up. It's getting harder and harder um, to justify uh, luxury expenses like podcast fees. So your help is greatly appreciated. And we want uh, to continue that. Some of you just do it just to say thanks. We appreciate that. Some of you do it for the giveaway. Some of you do it for... Uh, some of the tier perks. All those are valid. So whatever your reasoning, join our Patreon. Give us a little bit of love. We appreciate it. Come contest time, uh, we'll, uh, we'll maybe we'll pull your name, and you will get a fun prize pack uh, mailed directly to you. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Now back to the show.